Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Air New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change, to navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. So perhaps the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world. Welcome to today's episode. I've got three wonderful guests that I'm going to share with you a snippet from the episodes of the actual full interview that I did with them throughout 2021. And from episode 233, this is Nettie Nitzberg, and the title of that episode is Arriving, Driving, Thriving as a Leader Today. From episode 234, Dennis O'Shea, Leading People You Never Met. And as you know, through the transitions of the pandemic in the last two years, some companies have hired people and the leaders of actually haven't even met them face-to-face. From episode 236, Kim Curtis, Leaders Balancing Technology with Humanity. Listeners, I'm going to encourage you to take notes as you listen to these three little snippets from their actual episodes. So sit back and enjoy the highlights. Tell us a little bit more about your background. So... I always thought I was going to be a big uh, a chief human resource officer, people officer in an organization, went to school, got a master's degree in education focused on human resource development, specifically instructional design, started my career with Accenture. So I was kind of on the way in the consulting world, took another job with a company, startup telecommunications job, great organization. It was so much fun being in a startup. And then my life changed. I got married. I had a baby. The company let me go. And I was not sure what to do with my career. I actually moved at that same time. And I moved, if anybody knows, to Buffalo, New York, where it's not the hotbed of jobs, especially when it was in the early 1990s. And I wanted to work. I needed to work. And I had a baby. So I decided to start my own business only out of necessity because I could not find a job. So I call myself the, an accidental entrepreneur. And here <laughs> I am now, almost 30 years later, still being independent. Now I work with a couple of partners. And in that entire time, I only spent about 18 months back inside an organization. I wanted to see what it was like to go back, especially 
in this day and age. It was just a couple of years ago. Thought it'd be really fun to work with millennials. Thought it would be really fun again to work with a brand new company launching a brand new software. So another startup situation. And it was great for a little while, but I really felt my passion was consulting, even though I never thought I would be a consultant for this long. And here I am back um, in business with two wonderful partners, people I've known for over 20 years. And I have to say, I love what I'm doing, especially because I'm not doing it alone. Mm. I feel like I really am a much better partner consultant having an organization to work with and not having to brainstorm by myself and think by myself and do everything alone. It's really, really, really wonderful now working with a team. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Now, a couple of things you said there, which I want to do a little bit of a dive, a little bit deep dive on that. One is about, you said about going to another organization, because when you said about 30 something years consulting and then I thought, oh, I wonder if you ever went back and then you actually said it. I actually went back for 18 months and you said, I thought it was going to be this. And I thought it's going to be that. So, I mean, what was the transition from being in your own business back into a sort of like an organization and back into your own business again? What was that transition like? It was not easy. I thought, you know, oh, I've worked with all these companies and my model used to be to go in and actually work and manage a large project team because I was a resource they were missing. So I had had that opportunity for pretty much my career working with these many large global companies. But when you go in to a company to be the head of learning and development when you've kind of never done that before in a startup environment. And I mean, startup rapid. I interviewed, there were 750 people. I joined, there was 900. And when I left 18 months later, there were close to 2000 people in the organization. So it was explosive growth. And my core competency is learning and development and consulting. And you have to play politics inside an organization. You really need to understand the corporate culture. And I think part of it was we were moving so quickly and I built a team fairly rapidly that it was almost too much. It was so overwhelming. The pace was, I mean, I've never, well, except for now this business, but I had never worked at a pace so quickly. Now we just work very long hours. And it was absolutely wonderful, but I got burnt out. It was really, really hard to bring on 100 to 150 people a month and as well to build the learning and development organization. So I think for me, it was a little bit, it was burnout because of the pace, but I loved working in the fast paced environment. I loved working with these founders who were also incredible leaders and who were smart enough to bring a CEO in to run the business. And it was exciting to work with millennials. And after 18 months, I was kind of done with it. I love the pace. I love their energy, but there is a lot to do and a lot going on. And for me, I was really missing the consulting piece of that, that work. Right, right. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. I mean, the fast pace would have been amazing and uh, huge growth. I mean, that's, that's massive. And then it's, how do you onboard that many people while also trying to, as you're saying, build the plane as it's flying and trying to build that learning and development area? Fascinating indeed. Nettie, we talked about, of course, we're talking about leadership and things around change in that today. How did you get into leadership? It kind of was a roadmap of when I started off in my career doing learning and development, I was kind of in the sales area. And then I did some customer service work 
And then I started moving more into the skill building area. And then when I was with that startup that I was talking about very early on, we ended up needing to do leadership development. Like most startups, you're, you're hiring young individuals who are very motivated, want to really get far in their career, but they just don't have the skill sets. And even with many startups, what you're also finding is that their managers don't always have the skill sets either because they've been promoted maybe from a technical person to a manager. Mm -hmm. So I got into it because of my background of learning and development and really understanding what, what it takes to be a good leader and starting to build and develop management and leadership development programs and also having the opportunity to work with great leaders in these organizations that I was consulting with to understand what it takes to be a good leader, to understand what the skills are. Mm. And I don't want to say soft skills. We like to call them critical skills that you need and watching them lead and understanding the hows and the whys and the what's of what they're doing. So I got into it through needing to develop really great sustainable management and leadership development programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. How, and I, wow, I would have loved to have been there actually. And that's and just with the yeah. speed with it and just doing that. Well, it would have been fantastic. Now, you mentioned something mentioned something before and I said there's a couple of things I wanted to ask you and dive a little sure. bit deep. And I, I'm going to go back to the, the second one. And that is you said today that you, you tend to work with two other people, business partners uh, and that. The word collaboration, I think, is huge today and we're seeing a lot of organizations leaders needing to collaborate so from your perspective how important has that been for you to collaborate with others and why so if i didn't collaborate i would never have been in business so collaboration was probably one of the most important parts of being a consultant it's also for me it's how you can get things done if you can't collaborate you can't be in a vacuum and do things all by yourself. You need mm. to have a team, the organization for Stater and Connect, our partners. We need to collaborate to be able to see different perspectives, to get work done, to understand what we do best, to understand what each person does best to really look at the whole. And we're seeing that in organizations today. One of the greatest problems that companies are having is collaborate collaboration and especially cross-functional collaboration. It's just a area that many managers and even teams and individuals struggle with, like working across different teams and functions. So I grew up in Ireland and I was very lucky to get a great education there, but Ireland was quite a depressed country. And around the time we were graduating, our, uh, our university president got up and made a very controversial speech. And he basically said, this country is a mess. And it's not your fault. It's your parents' generation's fault. But I encourage all of you to take your great degrees and go overseas and um, get 10, 20 years experience overseas and come back when, when your parents have fixed up the country that they have uh, messed up. So it was very controversial. So I left Ireland amongst, you know, along with about 80% of my class at the time. And I moved to Finland, of all places. It was a really interesting country. And I joined Nokia, which was a very interesting company at the time. And I joined them and just after their CEO committed suicide. And that was formational in my career because Nokia had been biggest company in Finland for 100 years. And, and around that time, the USSR collapsed, the Finnish economy went down, Nokia went down, and the CEO committed suicide because it was all really, really, really bleak and tough. And Nokia came out of that and became a global leader in the cell phone business as we, 
as we got to know them and, and the infrastructure business. And I was lucky enough to have joined them at the very bottom of that cycle and stay with them for 15 years and had a fantastic international career and learned so much and saw a lot of the world and discovered New Zealand um, as one of the countries I worked in. And I was very fortunate to have that experience with, with Nokia. Then I settled in New Zealand and I guess chapter two of my career was setting up Mobile Mentor and building a life in New Zealand. So that's a, a quick snapshot of, of, of my journey and how I got to where I am today. Which part of Ireland are you from? Southwest County Kerry on the coast. Oh, cool. And in New Zealand, whereabouts did you live? In Auckland, well, north of Auckland, um, Tindall's Beach, Tongaparoa. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. My parents yeah. are still up there, my wife's parents. So that's still the home base. Oh, that's very cool. So how did you get into leadership? Well, it's funny. I didn't for a long time. And I remember when I was working in Finland back in the early days, I was a 21, 22-year-old engineer in a lab, you know, working with equipment and designing technology and circuitry and working really with, with technology, not with people. And I remember watching the, the leadership team hustling back and forth and on the corridor, going into each other's rooms and having these frenzied conversations and stand-up meetings. And I was used to look at them and say, I wonder what those guys are talking about. Are they talking about us, the people? Are they talking about technology? Are they talking about customers? Mm. What are all these meetings and what are all these conversations? And why do they look so stressed? And, and every now and again, there's an outburst of laughter. And it just fascinated me. What are these guys talking about? Because they were not hands-on with the technology like we were you know, in the, engin- in the engineering team. So that got me curious, I guess. And then years later, my boss at the time in New Zealand told me I had, a, I had potential to um, get into into leadership and potentially senior leadership. And I thought, really? And that was the first inkling for me to go from technical work, you know, hands-on hands on with tools to getting into leadership. So there's more curiosity than anything else. Wow, that's fantastic. Hey, I've got to tell you that I was in Ireland uh, about three, four years ago visiting Microsoft, actually, in, in Dublin and that, and uh, had a great time there. And it was the same week the Pope was coming to visit after so many, many years. And... Um, so when I got to the airport, I was flying out and the plate was flying in and got watched them to come in and, and then come off the plane and everything. It was, it was amazing to see what it wow. was. But it was amazing to see what was going on in Ireland and, and how people were reacting to it and how people were. And then the hotel was just full of people, priests, nuns and so forth. Yeah. And I said to the manager, so how's the bar going this week? He goes, not, not really good this week. It's pretty, it's pretty quiet. Sure. Love to. I'm also an author of two best-selling books on Amazon. One is Money Secrets, Keys to Smart Investing. Mm. And the other is Retirement Secrets, Keys to Retiring Happy, Healthy, and Free. Wow. Retirement. I, I work with <laughs> quite a lot of people around their career transitions and coaching them and that. And one of the things we talk about is active retirement. Do they, do they want to do something? They go, well, I'm too young for that. What do you mean? I'm not going to retire yet. So that's pretty cool that you've written those two books. What was the process of writing books for you? What was that like? (laughs) You know, when you think about many people want to be writers, right? Or authors. Yeah. I think all of us are writers in one way or another. But I knew I would be an author for easily 10 plus years before anything materialized. And I realized I was just talking about it and not doing. Mm. And one day I was like, get off your butt and finish this. And so I was supposed to be somewhere traveling and I ended up not going. And at the time we had a tree house in our backyard and I went up to the tree house, brought the electricity through and wrote that first book in five days. 
In five days. Five days. Now, remember, writing is one thing, but getting it to the marketplace is a different. It probably took another year and a half after that before it hit the market. But once I finally set my mind to it, it would just flowed through me. And that was the investment book. That's Money Secrets. Yeah. Oh, awesome. And that flow through you. Tell us more about that. What do you, what do you mean by that? Whew. You know, I think getting myself out of the way. Yeah. And Money Secrets, it, it pulls back the curtain on the financial services industry to reveal why smart people make bad investment mistakes. Mm. And so there's evidence, there's research around this, there's data. And so for me to bring in the research and then remove myself from it and actually talk story as it relates to how our firm works and how to be successful around how to hire an advisor, how to fire an advisor, what to look for. Because remember, in the nature of financial services, at least in the United States, 90% of them are in sales in the brokerage world. They're not your advocate. And so I, 15 years ago, was on that side of the coin and actually left. I, you know, I was a fish out of water. I have a legal background and a financial background and everything that was in front of me was a disconnect. It didn't resonate with me at all because it was a sales model, the sales funnel. Mm. And so I left and created my own firm and really an independent fiduciary firm where clients truly are first, not last and kind of putting humanity back into the center. And so it's a small giant of a firm that meets the clients where they are and actually takes them through like what you said with retirement. Yep. When do you do it? How do you do it? You can have all the money in the world and have a failed retirement. So the Retirement Secrets book actually is more of a lifestyle book. It's how do you survive and thrive once you step off? So it's really like well-being and other types of things. And that has a lot of client stories in it too, in terms of successes and failures. So I love that book because it's really more personal and lifestyle, not so much, even though money is a little bit of it, more lifestyle. And, and good for you and I. We don't have to worry about that book for many, many years. We've got many, many years ahead of us, which is all good. <laughs> That's exactly right, Dennis. <laughs> yeah. And I, I like what you say about get out of your own way. Because I think even from a leadership perspective, from people in business and whatever they're doing today, small to large corporates and so forth, they do need to get out of their own way. And I think a lot of people procrastinate in what they're doing. And I think it's really, really important. But I love what you just shared there, how to survive and thrive when you step off the corporate ladder or you're stepping off that rat race, if I want to put it that way, and what we're doing, depending on what you want to do, right? Well, what is your life and what's going on for you? But stepping off and how to survive and thrive. I think that thriving piece is really cool. I mean, you've been working your life. Wasn't it time to go and have some fun and enjoy it? Well, you know, it's really interesting because for many, they're just working for money and they're not doing their passion like you are right now with your podcasting. And so when you finally step off and you have the bandwidth, if done correctly in terms of integrating financial planning with investments, you have the bandwidth to go managing money, no worries, goal setting, no worries, but peace of mind. You got to have it first before you can get to fulfillment if you are looking at a pyramid and fulfillment's at the top of that pyramid. So you may, for the first time in your life, have the bandwidth to actually think about who you are, what's your purpose and passion, and how do you want to take this next 30 years of your life mm. or more? Or more. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, people are living longer, which is definitely happening as well. And okay, good. Good to know. So your business that you talked about there, so you started your own business and so forth. And and so do you have employees today? Do you have a team around you? How big is that? How's that going for you? Yeah. Well, how's it going as we are nearing almost two years of pandemic? 
You know, it's interesting. It, like I said, we're we're a forward-thinking boutique firm that's a small giant in the industry in, in the United States. So I have smart, talented people, young people all around me that are easy to adjust and change with what we've gone through in the last 18, 19 months. So for us and for our clients, if you have your technology in place way before the pandemic, that it was easy for us on March 20th to go remote, then all of our energy went to managing our clients. And think of how stressful that was during that time. Their whole world got taken out from under them, not only in the short term regarding their money, but also in the longer term of what does that mean? They can't see their grandchildren or, oh God, there's, well, we, everyone has a story around the loss or the, the expectations that were changed. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing actually. Cause so, so just for our listeners, where about you in the world today? You're in the U.S., is that correct? Yes. I am in the U.S. in the state of Colorado. Yeah, cool, cool. And I'm in New Zealand, so it's amazing how we're doing this. But, you know, even when we're into lockdown too, it was just amazing to see how everyone's going through it. And then, you know, watching some programs that I actually do follow and follow some people around and seeing them doing really well in business and and property and that in the United States. And then all of a sudden, as you said, their world was stopping, things were being pulled underneath them and just like how they freaked out about it or how they handled it. But their, their mindset's really, really positive. Like they're, they're high performers. And then just to see them start to struggle, wobble, I was like, uh-oh, here we go. And it came down to, I think, a lot of people going, stop. I need to really think about kind of things I'm getting, media, so forth, and start to think about where I want to go. Otherwise, I'm just going to drive me crazy. I'm going to have problems here. Absolutely. Huge pivot and reset for the lion's share of the world population. Well, listeners, that was an awesome highlights episode for you. Now, listen, get out of your own way. Take time to think. Kim Curtis has shared some beautiful things here. And that's from episode 236 with Kim as her episode. And then episode 234, Dennis O'Shea and 233, Nettie Nitzberg. Listeners, if you haven't already listened to those episodes, we're going to encourage you to go to them now and listen to them in full. Listeners, if you haven't already done a review or a rating on the episodes or on the podcast, we would love you to help us out here. This is where it's actually going to help us raise the profile, the impact, and the visibility of the episodes or the podcast in general. If you're listening to this episode on Apple, then you can go there and you can put a rating, which is five stars, and they've got five stars available. And if you think it's a five star, then put a five star and then write a review as well. If you listen to this on Spotify, there is a rating available for you now because Spotify has launched it recently and you can go and actually put a rating as well for the episodes or podcast. Listeners, it's always great being with you. We're going to encourage you once again to go now and listen to those episodes from what you've just heard in full. Hey, listeners, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Look out for the episodes as they're being released. Download them, have a listen, put a review and a rating. Feel free to share them with your friends, your family, and your network. Hey, if there's any feedback you'd like to give me about the show, or if there's a question you have for the Ask Dennis Freestyle episode, then send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Hey, listeners, it's always a pleasure being with you. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, bye for now. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.